0: For FLAS Technology Podcast, I'm David Pector. We're very glad to welcome Professor Dr. Christian Palatek, who's a lecturer in biomedical engineering in the Automated Image and Data Analysis Group at Karlsruhe Institute of Technology to tell us about an interesting article fully automated petting sorting system for different morphological phenotypes of zebrafish embryos. Welcome to SLAS podcast. So can I ask you, Christian, to just give the listeners a short introduction to the work?
1: As you have introduced, it's about a fully automated high throughput sorting system for zebrafish embryo phenotypes. This means We developed a system that is able to sort fully automatically different phenotypes, so different looking embryos of a zebrafish, which is needed in biological and medical screening assays, where usually you have large numbers of zebrafish embryos to be sorted, and they look all the same at first sight. And usually you sort them under the microscope manually. Which is a very tedious task and prone to errors. And for this reason, we automated this process with a machine.
0: How big are the zebrafish? The embryos? How big are the embryos? The
1: embryos, they are eggs with a diameter of one millimeter. So this is pretty small. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Yeah. And you need a microscope to tell if they develop or if they are not fertilized and the. Start to coagulate as soon as they are not fertilized, but you still need a microscope to tell these eggs.
0: And are they mobile?
1: They are moving in their eggs, but not moving around in the in the petri dish or where you collect them. So they are okay. more or so less stationary, you... but they rotate as soon as they start developing.
0: They're pretty much static while you're analyzing them. Yes, and you're sorting them. Yeah. So you pick them up and move them. They're in a, a multi-well plate when you begin. Is that, um, and then you bring them over into the petri dish, or not, it, not, what's the, the physical process?
1: The physical process is you collect like two hundred or one hundred and fifty eggs in a petri dish. You put it in the machine, and we have two cameras in the machine. The first camera is used for an overview image of the whole petri dish. And there we can identify the single eggs. We can see they tend to clock together in clusters and you can't separate these clusters. First, you have to drop some water onto a cluster so you get these eggs separated from each other. So you need isolated eggs to be sorted. And with the first camera, you identify the positions of each of these 150 or 200 eggs within the Petri dish. And we have a decision process which egg has to be sorted first, which is isolated and can be sorted without picking up several eggs at once. Because in an experiment, you always want to have one egg in one well of a multi-well microplate.
0: So you're going from the Petri dish and then you're populating a 96-well plate. That's it. And then do they grow up in that 96-well plate or pretty much the experimentation is done at this embryo stage.
1: Yes, the experiment starts as soon as they are sorted into these 96-well microplates. And either you put some compounds into the wells and watch the reaction of the eggs, how they develop, if they start moving, or if they show some malformation as an indication for a toxicological effect. And that's how it goes on.
0: So where does this have the biggest applications?
1: Well, as I mentioned before, in many screens you need large numbers of zebrafish embryos. For example, in toxicological experiments where you have, say, 1,000 or 3,000 compounds to be tested and you want to test each compound with different concentrations to the embryo. So you need several thousands of these embryos to be tested, yeah. And you need to sort these thousands of embryos, which is okay.
0: It's a lot. (laughs) Yeah, takes quite a while. Yeah, yeah. This is why you want the automated system. Yes, And, and you were explaining that there's like a manual final step where some things are indeterminate. So how does that work? Are those embryos sequestered somewhere, or they're just? populated into a 96-well plate and then flagged as certain wells that have to be rechecked. Explain a little bit more about that.
1: They're sorted into these 96-well microplate. You can decide if you just want to have one egg inside or two or three or five whatsoever. And usually you need a specified amount of liquid together with a fish especially if you do toxicological screens where you want to test for concentrations. You exactly have to know the amount of water that's within each well. And then you start your experiment. Yeah, But there's no manual step at all. The only manual step is just to insert the Petri dish with the X at the beginning and to take off the 96-well plate at the end of the sorting process. So everything is fully
0: automated how long does it take to populate a 96 well plate
1: well it depends on the number of zebrafish to be sorted of course and if you just want to sort one in each microwell it takes it depends between 10 to 15 minutes and another criteria oh. is how we want to sort different phenotypes so some of the zebrafish they look very much alike natural zebrafish so called wild type zebrafish and if they look very much alike, it's, it takes longer because you have to be sure that you sort the right phenotype. Right. This is more or less the same time that a lab worker does need to sort the embryos.
0: But they're not doing it at the time. So they're off doing They can do else. it in
1: parallel, yeah, if you need thousands of these eggs to be sorted. because <laughs> Okay. Yeah, you can do it in parallel. Like you, you could use several machines and the staff of the laboratory or they can do other jobs in the laboratory in the meantime. Because the thing is, they develop very fast, these zebrafish. They start hatching at 48 hours after fertilization. So the time slot is very narrow for sorting them and doing your experiments.
0: But all of a sudden, there's this great need to have, you know, it, yeah. do the whole, sort them all at once, which is not possible. Right? Exactly. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So what would you say were the biggest challenges and surprises when you developed the system?
1: The challenge is that you have to find image analysis methods to discriminate between different phenotypes. And one surprise was once we found this decision process, the next time we received the same eggs or embryos from our biologists, but they were looking very different to the first ones we received. They had the same genetical modifications, but they looked very different. So we had to change our settings from the scratch and start over. And after a while, having done so for five or ten times with different batches, we found criteria that matched most of these phenotypes. They were all from the same parents, but they all looked different. Yeah,
0: interesting. That was not what you expected. You no, no, at they're genetically the same, so yeah, some subtle sure, difference.
1: Yeah. One more thing: zebrafish—they S- develop spots on their surface, and th- sometimes these spots they look like the eyes of the fish. And so, and sometimes it was hard to tell whether they develop eyes or whether it's a larger spot on the surface. Yeah, this was another hard thing.
0: And it's in operation now; I mean, it's in use in the lab. Yes, yeah. What's the research environment like at Karlsruhe Institute?
1: We have a really large facility for zebrafish research, and we have a stock of genetically modified embryos. I think it's the second biggest in the world we have right here. They have thousands of different genetically modified zebrafish in the tanks. I think there are more than 100 biologists working in different research groups on this topic. I'm from an Institute of Automation, and we are all either engineers or computer scientists. Yeah, we're no biologists here, but we cooperate very closely with these people.
0: They ask you to do interesting things. Did they come to you with this challenge? Yes, yeah, yeah. I want to thank Professor Dr. Christian Palatek for joining us on SLAS Technology Podcast. This is David (laughs) Pector.